Social Detective is an independent podcast. It is for educational and awareness only. Some of the information is based on our opinion, as we will state in the podcast. Information can be triggering to some individuals, so please listen wisely. Hear that jingle jingle? It could be Kris Kringle, or a home invader coming down the chimney, a jilted lover flashing a knife under the mistletoe, or a disgruntled co-worker at the office Christmas party lacing the punch with arsenic. It's disgusting. Jen and Cam, the hosts of our true crime podcast, are always on Santa's nice list. But this holiday season, they're filling your stockings with 12 nightmarish crimes committed by the lowest scumbags on the naughty list. It happened in Florida, so everybody's now going, oh. Oh. They'll be coming down the chimney, counting down the 12 nights till Christmas. Did I say six? Four, five, seven, eight, nine. With a different true crime case every night, each one naughtier than the last. This one is a doozy. So spike your eggnog. It's going to make you want to regurgitate. Because you'll need it for our true crime podcast's 12 Nightmares Before Christmas. They're coming to town December 13th through 24th. Listen to our true crime podcast on your favorite podcast apps. Well, I cannot <sighs> wait. Hit me with it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Dive right in. Hey guys, it's Marianne, Dog Mom, Baker, True Crime Podcast Maker, and I want to talk to you today about something that isn't in the media as much as it should be, because it's something that has blown my mind as often as it happens, but people don't share it very often. Most of the press has been focused lately on incidents of sexual assault in the entertainment and media industries. However, there is another group that stands shoulder to shoulder with Weinstein and other serial sexual predators. The difference, however, is that these predators have been sworn in by our states to serve and protect. They also carry a gun and a badge. These are among the most pernicious and likely underreported varieties of on-duty police misconduct. The police are viewed by the majority of the public as the most trusted institutions in society, or at least they used to be. Standing behind only the military and small business owners. Many of the people who come into contact with police though, suffer the stigma of criminal records, tenuous immigration status, mental illness, intoxication, substance abuse, or a combination of these. Additionally, they might be sex workers who operate in black market prostitution, are often targets of police stings involving sexually compromising situations. Predatory officers can often take advantage of these circumstances to victimize individuals, most often women, feel they have little recourse against the police. Todd Allen, a Hutchison police officer who worked with the department for more than 20 years, pled guilty recently to a string of sexual assaults since 2012. Allen, who was a family man and active in his church, would use his badge to inappropriately touch women. Then, in his off time, Allen posed as an on-duty security guard at local parks, ordered his victims out of their vehicles under the guise of questioning them about drugs and sexually assaulted them while their boyfriends or friends were in the car. 
Alan often wore a mask and shined a flashlight inside or tapped on a victim's car window to get their attention. He will now serve 23 and a half years in prison. Let's talk about Joel Wamachill, the now former police chief of Burns, Kansas in Marion County. He was charged with 13 counts of sexual exploitation of a child. Police allege he possessed sexual images or videos of children under the age of 18. Then we have Brock England. A former Enid police officer has been arrested in Wichita, Kansas for sex crimes against children. Mostly in Garfield County, Oklahoma, this Wichita, the Wichita police said Officer Brock England, 32, had been on administrative leave since October of 2022 after learning about the investigation being led by the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation. Brock England, however, was previously employed by the Wichita Police Department. A victim told investigators while England was in the Wichita Police Academy, he allegedly molested a young girl five times. He would give her massages. The documents show another child claims England gave his phone to play with, but he would take the game away if, he, if she didn't allow him to touch her certain ways. England then moved to South Enid, where he was an officer from July to December of 2019. Then we're told England came back to Wichita. OSBI agents said a victim told them when she was eight, eight years old, England forced her to perform sexual acts and raped her while they were inside his mother's home, his mother's home in Bison, Oklahoma. He allegedly told the child not to tell anyone or he would hurt her siblings. This is a man who wore a badge. So this piece of garbage wore a badge in multiple states and inflicted horrendous damage on children until he was finally stopped and is under investigation. In Kichai, a Kansas officer was arrested for using the flock guys don't know what that is. It's a license where they officers can track people through their license plate technology. He used this to track his estranged wife. Now, after hearing about these predators with badges, you probably think, oh, oh my God, this cannot get any worse. Well, I recommend if you live in the Kansas City, Kansas or the Kansas City, Missouri area, you download a podcast called Overlooked. This podcast from KCUR Studios and the NPR Midwest Newsroom, Overlooked, is a new investigative podcast about the systemic problems long left unaddressed throughout the Midwest, and it has opened the vault into the Roger Golubsky case. Roger Golubsky, if you haven't heard about him, this is a scandal that has shocked many beyond the borders of Kansas City, Kansas. Roger Golubsky was a policeman who allegedly, we have to get this out here because <sighs> evidence, you know how that goes. It's out there, which it's all in trial right now. 
he carried a reign of terror in which he brutally abused and sexually assaulted vulnerable black women. A segment of the community that he was supposed to be working with and protecting. Instead, he exploited their poverty with his own perversion. An appalling set of allegations against the Kansas City, Kansas Police Department, Detective Roger Golubsky, has blown the lid off of a scheme where he is alleged to have protected local drug dealers in the city in return that they allowed him to rape their women, force them to work as prostitutes. Golubsky, 69, spent 35 years with the police department and worked as a detective in low-income, predominantly black neighborhoods. Man, if you guys can't tell, I am fired up on this case. These areas have become his hunting grounds. The federal government charged Golubsky in September with six counts of sexual assaults. And let me tell you, that is just the tip of this iceberg. They also charged him along with three other men conspiring to hold young women in condition of involuntary servitude, according to the U.S. Department of Justice. And when I say three other men, I mean three other officers. Golubsky, who faces life in prison if convicted, has pleaded, of course, not guilty to the charges. However, the details emerging from the allegations against Golubsky are beyond shocking, to say the least. In 2017, Lamonte McIntyre, a black man arrested at the age of 17, was exonerated and released from prison after serving 23 years for a double murder he did not commit. McIntyre and his mother filed a lawsuit in 2018 against Wyandotte County, alleging Golubsky framed him because his mother rejected his sexual advances. That's right. She didn't want anything to do with that slimy M. Yeah, she didn't want anything to do with them. So the lawsuit included the initials of 73 women that Golubsky allegedly victimized. Earlier this year, the county agreed to pay McIntyre and his mother $12.5 million as part of the settlement. Ophelia Williams, a 60-year-old black woman, alleges that Golubsky raped her in 1999. She was living in Kansas City with her four children when police arrested her 14-year-old twin sons over a double homicide. After officers walked outside her home, Golubsky, he decided to stay inside. Williams said, while Golubsky complimented her legs, a few days later, he decides to return to her home. Williams assumes it's to talk about her son's case, so she lets him inside. While talking, he puts his hands on her leg. She slaps it away, but he's not taking no for an answer, and he sexually assaults her. He returns days later and assaults her again. After that first incident, Williams says she told him she would call the police, and he said, I am the police, and that if she were to do anything about it, he would kill her, and it would take a long time for anyone to find the body. She didn't report the crime because who do you report it to when this is a police officer? Golubsky's attorney, Christopher Joseph, said his client denied the charges and described the allegations as uncorroborated. 
Of course, he knows what to do with the law. But there are divisions in how to deal with its impact and aftermath. The director of an organization that helps people who were wrongfully convicted and a Kansas district attorney agree there is a need to investigate the trove of cases, but the two attorneys disagree about the best way to achieve justice on behalf of the alleged victims. Mark Dupree, district attorney of Wyandotte County, which includes Kansas City, Kansas, will lead a $1.7 million plan because they have to review all of the 150 cases against Golubsky. He said a new mayor, a police chief who assisted federal authorities in the criminal investigation of Golubsky and support the local review should get an opportunity to prove themselves or disprove themselves. Meanwhile, the Midwest Innocence Project is reviewing cases of 40 inmates in Wyandotte County, many of which are tied to Golubsky according to the group's executive director, Trisha Rojo Bushnell. She said the way to hold Golubsky and the police department accountable is for the Justice Department to conduct an independent review. And I agree with that. They can't investigate themselves. An investigation needs to come from the outside. If not, black residents who say Golubsky preyed on them could conclude that the local government and the criminal justice system have failed them again. We have to ask for and demand accountability and systemic review of all the issues that have happened in Wyandotte County and make sure that the system is changed to prevent this and other possible situations from arising. The misconduct extends beyond Roger Golubsky, who was the captain. She, uh, Rojo Bushnell points to the fact that former police chief Terry Ziegler, who served as Golubsky's partner for several years, according to McIntyre's lawsuit, knew about the actions. Ziegler retired in 2019, and after the Kansas Bureau of Investigation launched an investigation examining whether the chief double-dipped when he took paid time off, also charging the county government for work he did on county-owned Lake House. So just all sorts of misappropriation going on within this police department. A retired Kansas City homicide detective also said in 2015 deposition that Golubsky was known throughout the department for having sex with black drug-addicted prostitutes. Even if someone wants to argue it is just Golubsky, there's an entire system that not only permitted him to do it, but some more supported and promoted him. It's one of those things of if you know it's going on and you look the other way, aren't you just as culpable in the situation? You have to address the alleged corruption. Golubsky was charged on September 15th with federal civil rights violations for allegedly committing rape, sexual assault, and kidnapping against two other women. He was released from lockup on September 19th and is now under house arrest. The new indictment provides graphic details about how Golubsky was allegedly paid by drug kingpin Cecil A. Brooks and two other men, Lamarck Robertson and Richard Robinson, a.k.a. Bone, during the late 1990s. Golubsky allegedly offered them 
protection from law enforcement, investigation, and intervention into criminal offenses, including sex trafficking, occurring at the Delavan Apartments. Two teenage girls told a federal grand jury that they saw Golubsky being paid by Brooks and that Golubsky had also had sex with several of the women, but primarily he chose young black girls ranging in the age from 13 to 17 years old. This is all according to the indictment. All four men are charged in the document and if convicted, they could face life in prison. Brooks is currently in a federal prison in Fort Worth, Texas. The whereabouts of the others could not be immediately determined. The indictment paints a graphic picture of sex trafficking run out of the Delavan apartments, including a relaxed area where young women were allowed to use drugs and alcohol with the men. Then they go back to the working house where the girls were required to perform sexual services for the adult men who visited the building. The girls were forced to do this with physical beatings, sexual assaults, and threats of force. Brooks and the others chose particularly vulnerable girls, runaways, girls from broken homes, and girls often just released from juvenile correctional facilities. The girls locked in the office unit, whom some of the defendants sometimes considered to belong to one of the defendants at a time, would be forced to provide sexual services to Golubsky primarily and sometimes to others. The building was operated by Brooks, where he would store guns, drugs, and cash used in his criminal activities. This meant that girls could be locked in the office unit away from the outside. Despite the settlement that was received on the McIntyre case for the wrongful imprisonment, Golubsky and the others charged, they've yet to admit any wrongdoings. Or the real killers, they still haven't been brought to justice. However, most say the time for the Golubsky case and all of this was years ago. Why are we bothering with this? Police don't do that nowadays, right? They're weeding out these type of behaviors from people who carry a badge. Don't have to worry about it anymore. However, according to a Philadelphia Inquirer reports, hundreds of police officers across the country have turned from protectors to predators, using the power of their badge to extort sex. Unfortunately, rather than being part of the solution, America's police forces are riddled with corruption, brutality, sexual misconduct, and drug abuse. Despite the settlement on the McIntyre case, Golubsky and the others charged have yet to admit any wrongdoings. And the real killers have yet to be brought to justice. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, well, the Golubsky case, that was a long time ago, right? This type of behavior isn't still going on. They've weeded out these type of persons. If you look at all of those other cases, those were years ago. However, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, 
hundreds of police officers across the country have turned from being protectors to being predators, using the power of their badge to extort sex. Unfortunately, rather than being part of the solution, America's police forces are riddled with corruption, brutality, sexual misconduct, and drug abuse. Largely, they have become part of the problem, and it's not just in Kansas. In New York, for instance, seven NYPD cops, three sergeants, two detectives, and two officers were just accused of running brothels that sold 15-minute sexual encounters, raking in more than $2 million over the course of 13 months. In California, a police sergeant, a 16-year veteran of the police force, was arrested for raping a 16-year-old girl who was being held captive and sold for sex in a home in an upscale neighborhood. A week-long sting in Florida ended with 277 arrests of individuals of sex trafficking, including doctors, pharmacists, and police officers. Sex trafficking victims in Hawaii describe events that cops asking for sexual favors will go to coercive situations like, I'll let you go if you do X, Y, or Z for me. One study found that over 14% of sex workers said that they have been threatened with arrest unless they have sex with a police officer. In many states, it's actually legal for the police to have sex with prostitutes during the course of a sting operation. While the problem of cops engaging in sex trafficking is part of the American police state's seedy underbelly that doesn't really get addressed enough, equally alarming is the number of cops who commit sex crimes. They commit these crimes against those they encounter as part of their job duties, a largely underreported number given the blue wall of silence that shields police from their misconduct. Pennsylvania police chief and his friend, they were arrested for allegedly raping a young girl over hundreds of times, orally, vaginally, and anally, several times a week. Over the course of seven years, this started when she was four years old. In 2017, two NYPD cops were accused of arresting a teenager handcuffing her and driving her in an unmarked van to a nearby parking lot where they raped her and forced her to perform oral sex on them. Then they dropped her off to a nearby street corner. The New York Times reported that a sheriff's deputy in San Antonio was charged with sexually assaulting the four-year-old daughter of an undocumented Guatemalan woman and threatening to have her deported if she ever reported the abuse. Investigative journalist Andrea Ritchie has tracked national patterns of sexual violence by police officers during traffic stops, in addition to heightened risk from minor offenses, drug arrests, and police interactions with teenagers. Victims of domestic abuse, women of color, transgender women, women who use drugs or alcohol, and women involved in the sex trade 
are particularly vulnerable to sexual assault by police. One Oklahoma City police officer allegedly sexually assaulted at least seven women while on duty over the course of four months, including a 57-year-old grandmother who says she was forced to give the cop oral sex after he pulled her over. A Philadelphia state trooper eventually convicted of assaulting six women and teenagers once visited the hospital bedside of a pregnant woman who had attempted suicide. He ended up groping her breast and then masturbated. These aren't isolated incidents. According to research from Bowling Green University, police officers in the United States were charged with more than 400 rapes over a nine-year period. During the same time period, 600 police officers were arrested for forcible fondling, 219 were charged with forcible sodomy, 186 were arrested for statutory rape, 58 for sexual assault with an object, and 98 for indecent exposure. Sexual assault is believed to be the second most reported form of misconduct against police officers after the excessive use of force, making up more than 9% of all complaints. Even so, these crimes are believed to be largely underreported. So much so that sex crimes may be, in fact, the number one form of misconduct among police officers. So why are these numbers underreported? If you notice the commonality in all of these cases, the victims are generally someone who found themselves on the wrong side of the law or their family member has. The justification is that they're a vulnerable person because they got into some trouble and that makes them less than human. These rules don't pertain to those carrying a badge if they're dealing with someone who broke a law of society. Unfortunately, this is a problem that is hiding in plain sight, covered up by government agencies that are failing in their constitutional duties to serve and protect we, the people. That thin blue line of badge worship to police above and beyond what the law requires is creating a menace to society that we cannot ignore. Hyped up on the power of the badge and their weaponry, protected from charges of wrongdoing by police unions, government agencies, and empowered by rapidly advancing tools, technology, and otherwise, that makes it all too easy to identify, track, and take advantage of vulnerable members of society. Predators on the nation's police forces are growing in number. It can start with a police officer punching in a woman's license plate into a police computer, not to see whether or not the car was stolen, but just to check out her driver's license photo. How do we stop this? Well, for starters, police should not be expected or allowed to police themselves. Misconduct by local police has become a national problem. 
Therefore, the response to this national problem must start at a local level. For those of us here locally, let's demand that the Golubsky case is looked at from outside resources. They cannot police themselves. We cannot trust local law enforcement to police themselves. They must have oversight committees. We must demand oversight committees on all law enforcement. I back the blue, however, not to the point it impedes on the rights of those they are sworn to protect. Police officer shortage across the United States and here in Kansas, departments are looking to increase the wages to get more officers signed on. One thing I am begging these departments to look into and expand upon. And I know the hiring process is already a long and tedious process, but we need to expand upon the screening process. However, other predators have been with these departments for generations. If you look at some of the statistics, some of these officers have been with these departments for 10, 15, 20, even 30 years. So it's not the new hirees who are coming in. It are It is those who have been with the department a long time and have begun a power trip within the department. It's not only the screening process, but it's taking those officers who show up every day and you have to do manual screenings throughout the years to make sure that those officers are still fit for duty. You have to do in-house control of those officers. When you look at the Todd Allens, the Roger Golubskis, and the other predators with badges. You have to control within yourselves of the departments to make sure that these predators are not preying on the already vulnerable. There are just as many wonderful, kind, hardworking officers as there are predators, and I want to make sure the listeners remember and listen to that. There are many officers who have worked hard and put their lives on the line every day. And we want to highlight and identify those. However, we do that and I am not seeing the officers who have been preying on the people that they were chosen to protect in the headlines either. So we have to do a checked and balance system. Just as with any occupation, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of every job. We have to remember that as we listen to every podcast, every documentary, and everything that is out there. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, please like, subscribe, and share so that we can keep these cases going, so we can keep researching and keep highlighting those cases that are still unsolved.